Hi, this is Bex from Garris Random Ramblings. You're listening to The Robin Slim Show. Listener discretion is advised. I'm back and I'm ready to put my foot inside someone's ass. That's how it's done. In this corner, the devastating duo of mayhem, carnage, and absolute destruction, Rob and Slim! You're listening to Rob and Slim Interviews with Rob. Sports, am I right? And Slim. What about politics? Internet Radio's Finest. Rob and Slim Show. Hey, it's Eric Alper calling. Eric Alper, how are you, my friend? Uh, We're live. We're on right now. Um, What were you going to say? Um, well, I think the Beatles are underrated, and uh, LL Cool J deserves to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. How's that? That's good. That's good. I was going to ask, uh, as a freelance music publicist and SiriusXM host, uh, what, what, is that, what does that entail? Um, well, the, the show is a one-hour talk show on SiriusXM called At That Eric Alper Show, and um, ironically enough, it's, it's named after me, which is amazing because um, I get to be on it, um, <laughs> and it's really an opportunity for me to talk to musicians and people in the music world uh, that I've long admired, and it's really just my sad excuse on able to to talk to them for a short for a little bit and uh, hang out with them. That's super cool. Super cool. I did. I loved you coming out and saying the Beatles. I feel the Beatles are overrated. Uh, when I was younger, I always felt they were they were great. And as I got older, yeah, I've I've not I've not felt them as much. Uh, I've liked the Stones more uh, than than the Beatles. I gotta say it. Yeah. Well, you know, um, I, I mean, as, as underrated and overrated as they can be, I, I don't think there's going to be a generation for the next thousand years that won't be listening to their music. So, That's true. Um, you know, certainly they're they're one of the greatest bands in the world. And the only reason why I say that, it's funny. Today in the news, um, there was a, a little bit of a of a of a social media kind of viral thread that was going on about who sung the ah part in A Day in the Life just before the last little bit. And, you know, they had a couple of hundred people say it was John, a couple of hundred people say it was Paul. And the fact that that people are still talking about, you know, that 15-second moment in one of the greatest songs ever um, uh, about 53, 54 years later, it's pretty astounding when right? you think about it. Yes. You know, I, I mean, we can, we can only be so blessed to, to create something that over half a century later, people are still talking about a minute detail of your career. Yeah, that's so, so true. I, I don't know if anything we've done will ever ever touch that that status that is that's pretty amazing i was gonna ask too like oh dude no, no nobody nobody in my house cares what i do on a minute by minute basis so you know <laughs> I, I feel you <laughs> yes i was gonna ask too though as far as being as being uh the publicist and and all that what do you feel is your the best uh decade the best decade for music um 
I, I'm, I, you know, I, I think from a bird's eye view, I think the 60s, just simply because of all the cultural and political and racial and economic changes that happened um, here in North America and also in the UK, um, just the sheer amount to go from, you know, the Beatles in 1964 singing She Loves You to, you know, 1970 and CCR you know, singing about Vietnam is is astounding. I mean, yeah. it feels like 1967, the summer that's been called the summer of love. Oh, four months encompasses like years worth of musical changes in it. But I I was a teenager in the 80s, so that's where, you know, I grew up with radio stations playing nonstop. You know, Michael Jackson and Madonna and Duran Duran and Bruce Springsteen and Cheers for Fears and, and Janet Jackson and so many amazing artists that, you know, when that stuff comes on the radio, I don't think I shut it off. Yeah. I think when the 60s stuff come along, then it's kind of like, yeah, you know, I've heard it for, I've heard this for like four decades now, so it's okay if I, I skip it. So I, I don't know. I think culturally just the 60s were far and away I think one of the best decades, but yeah. I think everybody's got their own special favorite that they were obsessing over. Absolutely, and I feel like whatever decade you grew up in is the decade you love the most, mu- musically. Yeah, and, and, and that's why, you know, whenever I post on Twitter about artists like Olivia Rodrigo or, or um, um, I mean, Olivia definitely, um, but probably things like Drake or The Weeknd or Ariana Grande, who are just continuing to break record after record after record and, and smashing the Billboard Hot 100 chart of, of historic achievements. You know, people that are between the ages of 40 and 55 are like, I don't get them. And I'm like, you don't have to. You know, <laughs> yes. it, it's, not, it's not for you. Yes. You know, if you're, if you're offended by Nicki Minaj, then... You know, somebody needs to take a look back and see how angry your parents were that you were watching Madonna on the MTV Awards wriggling yes. around in a in a wedding dress. Or like, even the fact that know, Elvis er- shaking his, his, his crotch on the stage. Yeah. That was, like, super <laughs> offensive. Yeah, or Frank Sinatra. Or any jazz group in the 1920s and 30s. Yes. Just, you know, horrifying half of the white population that would never even play one of their music. Like, so there's, as long as there's always, you know, a, a pissed off, you know, snot nosed kid in the, you know, growing up in, in, in their home, there's always going to be music that kind of gets people riled up. But mm. the music of like Drake and the weekend and Ariana Olivia, like they're going to be heard for decades because the people that are making these successes, whether it's BTS um, or or Blackpink coming in from from overseas. Like, this is the music that is going to be playing at their graduation, if, of course, they have one. Um, it's going to be playing at every bar and bat mitzvah and wedding from now until the end of their lives because that's the music that they grew up on. Yes, yes. I wanted to ask too, Eric, um, when did you start as a publicist? Um, I started the day after I graduated university, so back in um, 1995, um, I, I wrote a list of things that I wanted to do with my life. And I knew I was always going to do something in music, but I, I knew I had no musical talent whatsoever. 
and I still don't. I can't play an instrument. I can't sing. Um, I, I'm useless in the studio. I, it, it's uh, the technical aspect of it makes me still believe that creating music is like magic. I don't understand how it's done. I don't. I'm in awe that people can do it well, and I just kind of want to just surround myself with really good people and and becoming a publicist was something uh, I, I had a real good interest in from the time I was a teenager. Because I used to read Billboard magazine when I was a teenager from the time I was like 12 or 13. And I was fascinated by, you know, the people that ran record labels, the people who worked at radio station. These people were like Star Wars people to me. They, I, was like, I was like, I have no idea how these, this world happens or how you get in it, but I just wanted to be a part of it. And it was so far away yes. that I had no idea how to get in it. But um, I, started, um, I started my own PR company the day after graduation, just working real bad, crappy artists that had no right to have a publicist. But I was cheaper than anybody else. <laughs> I worked longer hours. And, and I think I worked harder and faster than most of the other publicists in, in Toronto or, or awesome. you know, in Canada and somewhere in the States. So as I got better at doing my job and I made less and make less like rookie mistakes, the artists got better with me or that, you know, I got to work with better people. But, yeah. you know, I still make mistakes every single day. I mean, I think everybody does. So. Yeah, I've been doing it for a while and don't want to do anything else. Nice, nice. And having worked with so many, you have so many names you worked with. Uh, from uh, uh, where did I? Ringo Starr, Bush, Exhibit, the, the Wiggles, and so many, so many others. What is one group or uh, person that you've worked with that you just totally cherished that that uh, that job? I, um, I remember waking up at four in the morning in 1985 on in July on July 13th to watch Live Aid and Live Aid was the massive worldwide concert that was born out of Bob Geldof and Midgear putting together Band-Aid which was raising money and awareness for the starvation uh, and drought that was going on in Ethiopia and they did Do They Know It's Christmas that led to USA for Africa's uh, we are the world and all these songs around the world for their own country. So when I got to work with Bob Geldof, I mean, Bob Geldof was one of these guys where I followed his career from the time that he was in the Boomtown Rats. But the fact that he was able to use music as a way of literally changing the world. And I'm not saying like, you know, the Beatles changed the world and the Rolling Stones changed the world and Madonna changed the world. And yeah, all of those happened. But it's like, I think Bob Geldof specifically set out to do his own road and, and trying to end the famine that was going on. And the only thing he knew how to use was music and, and his contact list of people like Phil Collins and Wham and Boy George and Culture Club and, and, and uh, all of the cream of British music that I listen to on a daily basis. So not only did that determination and that strength kind of impress the hell out of me, but the fact that he was able to, to change things politically and economically and socially and racially for, for a good chunk of the planet um, yeah. um, made me so happy to no end that I, I was working with him and, 
got to hang out with him for a while when he was touring Canada and um, I just peppered him with every question I can possibly think of. I was probably just such a nudge to him. Um, but I've got to know him over the years since then. And, and we've had a fine relationship. But that's, you know, but like when you're standing in front of Ringo from, you know, with his solo album, you know, I, I, 99% of me can't get over the fact that, like, you were in the Beatles. Yes. Like, that's it. Like, there's only, there's four people that can actually stake that claim. There's been... 19,500 books written about you four guys. You've never really revealed a whole lot. Um, amazing. Yeah. Like, great job. Yeah. You know? And as long as I didn't confuse the daily schedule from the Wiggles and from Guar. That's what I was to, wondering. To, you ever to, make a mistake? To, to like Wu, Wu-Tang Clan, <laughs> then I was good. You know? I mean, that was, those, I mean, those are still fun days when I get to work, like, you know, something like that with a complete opposite. Um, I love that stuff. Yes, totally opposite end of the spectrum. Absolutely, absolutely. And does that, do you have to go into that project with, uh, differently? With- yeah, you, you know, the, 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 the way how you can kind of be around a group like the Wiggles, who, like, are the nicest people that you'll ever want to meet, you know. But they were also, I mean, they were formed out of a punk band. So they can they can hold their own when it comes to dirty jokes. Like they've got you know they they've got their little attitudes that come out um, from time to time. But that's that's just them being human, you know. Yeah. I mean they're not gonna have a food fight, you know, and start giving people the finger. But you know they yeah. were the nicest people in the world, and so was Guar. Like outside of their costumes, Guar looked yes. like five accountants. <laughs> <laughs> I always wondered. I, I always wondered what Daft Punk looked like under the, under the helmets. Daft Punk, they always have those big astronaut helmets. You wouldn't be you wouldn't be able to recognize them. You would you would probably say, "Excuse me, sir, but where is the nearest library?" Thinking that they know exactly where it is. Um, yeah. But then when they start handing out bibs to protect your clothing from the fake blood and vomit that is going to be thrown at you for two and a half hours. Um, that's a little bit of a different experience than the Wiggles. <laughs> yes, true, true. Um, I was going to say, uh, I was thinking too, that's probably one of the most genius ways to be a celebrity and not get bothered by people is with, with the mask or a helmet or something. And then you walk out in public and nobody nobody bothers, bothers you at all. I... I think that was the biggest mistake for Daft Punk because Daft really? Punk could have been like MF Doom and yeah. send people around the world wearing a mask and nobody would have ever been the wiser. <laughs> I saw you worked with MF. That, that, that is incredible. He was an amazing, amazing act. Yeah. Yeah, I worked with him for a number of years. I worked with the whole Stone Throw Records crew with MF Doom and Mad Lib and Peter Butterwolf um, and Mayor Hawthorne and Jay Dilla. Um, and J Rock, and I mean, uh, I mean, uh, losing MF Doom was was heartbreaking enough. But when you go back and you realize that Mad Villainy, the album that that he did with Mad Lib, is still one of the greatest records to ever be produced. Yes. Um, it, it's stunning what came out of that label in such a short period of time, um, and a lot of it had to do with Peter Butterwolf and Mad Lib. Just just hanging out in the studio and then going crate digging for anything cool that they can get their hands on. I mean, those, 
that whole label and the crew and the DJs and the, and the remixers were are some serious, serious record collectors. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, the night I heard he passed, I listened to that album. I, I listened to that album in its entirety. It was just really cool. Really cool to just sit there and just listen to his stuff. But uh, He was a cool act. He was a cool act because he was like a villain. He was like a bad guy. Like, not a lot of people I feel want to, like, <laughs> go out there and be that guy. Uh, yeah, it, it's funny. The uh, last time that we went record shopping, they, um, they, they were here in Toronto, um, and we went to a local record store and they bought um, MF Doom and Madlib bought every single copy of the Holland Oates collection on vinyl, every album that they can get their hands on from Holland Oates. And, and look, I'm a Holland Oates fan. I certainly, you know, admire them as they, they've got some, you know, a half a dozen, dozen, two dozen like classic songs forever. Yeah. Um, but I, I was kind of looking at Mad Lib and I was like, really? Like Hall and Oates? Like, really? And he was like, oh, like you just wait. Like you just wait. And then like the next album, you know, chock full of Hall and Oates stuff that yeah. have been twisted and turned and spun backwards and they use, you know, one tenth of one second of a beat to create something else that's like, oh. Yeah. I, I see. And that was a that was a, a huge educational lesson, you know? It's like, you know, never you know, never slam anybody because you never know when your favorite DJ is gonna use them and be like, Oh, this this I understand now, you know? <laughs> yes. I was gonna ask you too, Matt, talking about albums and all that. As far as uh like uh, you know, media, like vinyl, CDs, digital, what is your favorite favorite form of media? Um, you know, I, I'm kind of a Luddite. I, I have a Bluetooth speaker that I listen to with my AirPods. I'm not one of these people that, you know, has 10,000 albums and, and, and is, you know, ha knows every single track on every single B-side. Um, I, 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 look, I did a test yesterday just for giggles because the big news was that Amazon and, uh, um, it was Amazon and Spotify and Big Apple are going to be providing high-res audio now starting I in a couple that. of weeks. Yes, and, I saw that. You know, for, yeah, and for a lot of music lovers, that's amazing. You know, for people who spend $5,000 on their stereo system, this is, this is great to be able to, to listen to FLAC files or high-res audio files that are pristine sounding that it puts you right there in the studio the way that the musicians intended it to be is wonderful the problem is that by the time it gets down to my ears it's already been compressed and compressed and compressed yes. just by the fact that i'm listening to it on a bluetooth so for giggles i went on a site that did a little bit of a quiz on which one had the better sounding file one was an mp3 the other one was a cd the other one was a flax file and I got like one out of six. I yeah. mean, so that just tells you either my ears are completely wrecked, which I'm sure that they are, <laughs> or that listening to it on my Bluetooth, I have no idea. So I'm yeah. going to buy the box set. I'll buy your box set for $400. I'll do that for you to my favorite artist. But I wouldn't be able to tell the difference. That's what I was going to ask. So cause... I'm still, I'm a Spotify guy. I, I'm, I'm music streaming. Um, yeah. I, 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 Look, man, I got like a half a dozen computers in the house. None of them have a CD drive in it. 
No, nice, nice. I, 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 I recently just bought one on accident without a CD, CD drive just because I have so many CDs left. But right now it doesn't make a difference because, yeah, I use Spotify. I have a Bluetooth speaker. And I was just going to say that, too, as far as even just, yeah, the different formats on the computer, MP3 to a wave. It's no different. No yeah. different in my ears. So I, <laughs> they say waves are better, but MP3 sound just as good. It is, you know, when you're, I mean, for, for people who want like the ultimate test, and, and I know not everybody has Sirius XM, but if you go from Sirius XM to um, an FM radio station playing music to an AM station, yeah, there's a remarkable difference yes. that are on it. But I think the problem is that the great majority of people out there, like, like myself, um, don't even know what to look for yeah, or I, listen to. You know, if you yeah. tell them that there is a little tinny sound of the symbol that you can now hear, I bet you 80% of people will go, oh, yeah, I hear it now. And it wasn't even there. <laughs> you know? I do notice a difference, um, though. Just uh, talking real quick, Slim has a new board in uh, that we record on. And I could hear... Like different effect, like different things in songs differently from it uh, when when it's played. But um, just as far as like most everyday things go, like I remember years ago, I bought a pair of expensive headphones and I didn't even like them. I like the cheaper twenty dollar headphones, way better, way better. There, there's a great story about Prince when he was recording "When Doves Cry," and it was a huge hit. It hit number one. There's no bass on that song and it's still one of the funkiest songs ever recorded prince originally laid down a bass track but he he removed it before the mastering session before it was done and when the producer asked him how come you ended up you know taking it off and prince said because i can still hear the bass on there even though that I took it off. And I want people to think that there is a bass track on there. To a T, 99.99999% of the people could not hear a bass, even a smidgen of a bass note in that song. But Prince claims that he can hear it. Now, part of it is Prince is spinning on a different planet altogether. He's not human, you know? So he just... He just wow. actually might be able to remove a track altogether. Literally, if this was a computer, dumping it into a trash and deleting the file so there's no speck or a hint of it. Or maybe Prince has super ears and maybe he can actually hear better than most computers. I wouldn't put it past him. Maybe it was stuck in his head. Maybe it was just stuck in his head. He was just he couldn't stop hearing it. Yeah. <laughs> or, or maybe yeah, or maybe he was just sure. like, if I do this and then tell people I did this and why, it makes me sound awesome. Or yeah, maybe yeah. They, he, he was seeing if they would say they heard it. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm testing. I'm testing people with it. That that's that's amazing. That's awesome. <laughs> all all Prince wants to do is have fun with everybody else on the world around. Right. Him. That's all. When he was alive, you know. Uh, he would probably say something and half the half the people in the room would have no idea what he's talking about, but still think he's a genius. The other part of it would understand completely what he's talking about and still think he's a genius. How many so albums did he have we on, that, that were not released? Right? Didn't When he died, I, I forget how much they said yeah. like he had in his home albums they hadn't released, and it was like a colossal yeah. amount. He could release a full double album every single year for the next hundred years. And it wouldn't even reach the bottom 
of what Prince's music is inside that vault. Not only is it temperature controlled, it's lit, it's light controlled between a very fine light that will never be able to fade the packaging and the tape that's in there. Um, it's all clearly marked. There's little, there's everything from little like one to four seconds of snippets of songs to full on albums with a full band that may never see the light of day in our lifetime. Right. That's amazing. That's incredible. Just to think that that exists, that exists. It'd be cool if one of them was just him him doing the dishes. And it's probably amazing stuff. Like it's not like that that the three of us are going to go, yeah, well that's okay. We can go do a hundred albums in a year yeah but they would all suck <laughs> right. <you know>? yeah. <laughs> yeah it would not be good <laughs> oh. Oh. Hi, eric has there ever been anyone that's come to you and you're like i can't represent you get out of my office <laughs> um you know what there's only one person in my entire 25 plus year career that i've dropped from the roster and it was recently, it was somebody that was working with for about a week or so and suddenly saw, it was right around, around May last year, right when the pandemic was just shutting us all inside. And this artist was wall to wall social media about how the, you know, COVID was fake. Um, this is a government intervention. Um, they're marking us through their phones or they're, that they're putting the, you know, a tracking device um, in the COVID vaccine. Yeah. But as he's typing this on his iPhone um, while driving in his car um, with ways on um, uh, tracked to the nth degree, yes. he's claiming that the government is tracking him. And I yes. said to him, no offense, dude. But, you know, you're kind of boring. Like, no, like nobody is tracking you. You know, what are they going to do? Like, watch you basically sit on your ass all day watching Netflix, and then you go in the studio for two hours? Like, it's okay, you know. But his conspiracy theories were so, were so bonkers that yeah. I thought if anybody in the media looked at that, they would they would probably not want to do something with him. Yeah, you don't want to be attached. He... Yeah. And, and, and look, I, I, there, there are people who have every right to have their views. Um, yeah. But if you're on the side of, you know, a certain, you know, people politically, or if you don't believe that this is, you know, COVID is real or that you're not going to get vaccine. So that forces all of us still inside. Um, you're an idiot. You're, <laughs> you're an idiot that yes. maybe you just deserve to be sick. Yeah, because you're not really listening to science. And, you know, um, science is amazing. Science is the reason why, you know, we don't have shingles or mumps or, you know, any number of thousands of diseases, you know, back before scientists were able to do even close to what they were doing the average lifespan of human beings were probably 18 years old like that was it you died of some disease and and yes. that was it. so that's probably the only person that i've ever dropped i mean i yeah. can work with people who who you know might disagree with me politically or socially or you know but you know if you don't believe that black lives matter like uh, I, 
I don't want to work with you. Yeah, you know, because uh, yes. I, I want to enjoy myself and my time on this planet and work with really good people. And make a that, difference that will, that, that will, that will make yeah. things better. Yeah. Absolutely, Eric. Eric, yeah, I, I, I'm I want s- to make the world a better place. Yeah, I'm so sorry, Eric. We have to wrap this up. It's been so great talking to you. It's been a blast. Excellent. Thanks so much for having me, guys. We'll definitely talk soon enough. Thank you. And where can everybody find you? Uh, at that Eric Alper on Twitter and social media and that EricAlper.com for the website. Perfect. Thank you so much, Eric. I'll send you the links to everything when it, when it gets posted. Perfect. Thanks so much. No okay, problem. Bye-bye. Thank you. Take care. Have a good night. Wow. Cool. Cool. Really, Such a cool really dude. Cool. Yeah. Um, I got to get some, some music. Let's see. Hi, this is Max. Hey, Max. Max Hardcore. This is Rob and Slim, and we are on live right now. Okay, great. Uh, uh, thanks for having me on the show. No problem, Max. Thanks for coming on. You're an adult film star, and uh, from uh, you're in Hollywood, correct? Yes. How how long have you been in the industry? I, I read '92. Is that when you started? Yeah, '92 uh, is when I got uh, when I got role, and I I met Bobby Hollander, a very nice uh, old timer from the East Coast, uh, and he uh, he ran LBO Video, and we got in connection with him because he uh, uh, we would buy videotapes from him and sell them in the Midwest. And uh, and I got the the idea that I didn't like living in the Midwest anymore, and Hollywood sounded a whole lot better. Uh, so I came out here and uh, didn't intend to become an actor. I thought, well, perhaps maybe uh, we can do some directing or you know some lighting or camera work. Uh, I didn't really know, but uh, it just. Uh, turned out that I was pretty good at the, the acting department and also putting together the technical uh, aspects of uh, making a production and uh, really had a good time uh, doing it. And uh, so here we are years later and uh, talking to uh, the infamous Rob and Slim. <laughs> and the infamous Max Hardcore. So I wanted to ask too, in those years since you started, how has the adult industry changed? Well, of course, back in the 90s, 80s and 90s, more features were made than uh, amateur or uh, uh, what do you call them? Uh, uh, Loops. You know, they um, they made more features. You know, the big studios back then were vivid. And uh, Russ Hampshire had a, had a big big outfit, and uh, and these guys really put together a lot of money in into their movies, and uh, uh, and then it it got more as the as the price for the equipment came down, more people got into the business, and uh, they started making um, the uh, loops. Uh, they called them, which were uh, just a couple of minutes long, up to six minutes long or seven minutes long, that would go into the peep show booths. And sometimes they would cut down the, the big features to uh, accommodate it. And other times they would be made specifically as loops. Uh, and the reason for the time is uh, of about seven minutes is because that was the length of a real 
of film. And uh, that's all that would fit on the machine. Okay. So, uh, so it's it's changed from the big features, although some people still are. And, and if I seem to be jumping around here a little bit, it's because there's a lot of ground to cover. Yes, but absolutely. Yeah. Basi- basically put, features uh, spawned the, the peep shows, and the, the peep shows spawned the amateur, what they called amateur videos. And in in that regard, it was usually an experienced guy, a guy like T.T. Boy or, or Peter North working with a brand new girl. That was considered to be amateur. And uh, and and then they they became a little bit later. Uh, they dubbed it um, Gonzo titles because it was you know pretty much whatever however you wanted to structure them and a lot of people did interviews up front with the girls and uh, that was an interesting thing to do uh, if the girl had something to say and uh, and then they'd get into it with the girl and uh, and and take it from there and uh, and that's kind of the approach that I took uh, although I took a sidetrack and I went to work for uh, a big European company called Private. And that was uh, run by Berth Milton and out of Stockholm, Sweden. And we would make a lot of the uh, tropical videos. Uh, you know, we'd fly down to the islands and uh, of the Caribbean mainly, sometimes uh the islands of the Mediterranean as well, uh, uh, and we would make make movies there, and uh, you know, rent a whole beach, or just you know, sneak onto a beach and and do it, and uh, <laughs> and uh, we really had a lot of fun yeah. uh, making those movies. I was going to ask too, were the things you were able to do in other countries that you weren't able to do in the states? Well, there there's certainly less uptight about nudity and you know there's a lot more nude beaches over there in europe yeah. you know the girls typically almost on almost any beach you would go to the girls would be able to go topless and uh so it wasn't a big it wasn't a big deal i mean you still couldn't fuck on the beach right. yeah. you know that was a public beach that had a lot of people on it but yeah you know there were plenty of beaches that uh, were available to uh to go to that were either private or semi-private you know difficult to get to on a couple of occasions we had to take uh pontoon boats uh to to reach the beach uh and then we pretty much shoot all day and uh and that was a lot of fun uh and we shot down in costa rica i shot costa rica getaway uh, and uh, and several other ones down there, and uh, it's a lot of fun. And they again, they don't really worry about uh, the nudity aspect of it. I mean, if a girl wants to go totally nude on a beach, it's not a big deal, and it, and it shouldn't be. Yeah. It, it, uh, I, at least I don't think so. Gotcha. And what what did you do before you worked in porn? Well, I did a lot of things, as you can imagine. Uh, but the thing that the, the stepping stone to get me into porn was uh, was uh, working uh, 
uh, building out uh, bookstores uh, and video shops, mm. and we would we would build them out. See, I was an engineer uh, back. Uh, that's what I was trained in, and uh, and I I got pretty good at organizing things and and building things. So whatever needed to get built, I we made and. Uh, and we were able to build a lot of sets and sound stages and studios and whatnot, and uh, and it's a uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, you know, you, uh, we didn't have we never had the money that Hollywood has, of course, but but we I I I'd like to think that we had more fun. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I was going to ask you what's uh, what's been one of your favorite people that you worked with over the years. Uh, as far as the girls yeah. are concerned, uh, I'd have to say, uh, in no particular order, Layla Rivera, and then there was Chloe Adams and uh, Kitty Young. Uh, that's going back a few years. Uh, Molly, uh, I don't think she had a last last name. And uh, uh, who else? Oh, Asia. Asia, I'm working on right now a uh, movie by, with Asia in it. And uh, uh, just a lot of nice girls got into the business because I uh, they they wanted to do it. They want to do it. They want to be models, and they they love being the center of attention. And it's just and it's just a lot of fun. And and uh, some uh, other girls I worked with, uh, uh, Sierra Sin. Um, oh, and let's not forget about Bar- the lovely Barbie Angel. She was really my first contract girl. A uh, tiny little thing from Louisiana, from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And uh, contrary to what a lot of people believe, uh, the girls got into it because they want to get into it. They weren't, like, dragged into it. Uh, yeah, I feel like that's the case with, with that. Like, yeah, girls do want to do that, too. Oh, and, uh, absolutely. You know, uh, they... Uh, it, it, they want to, they want to, well, first of all, they have to fuck. I mean, they're at the, that age that they, uh, and can I say words like that on the, yeah, on the of course you absolutely. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, the, you know, the girls want to have sex when they're, uh, when they're that age, you yeah. know, they're at a breeding age and then, so it comes natural to them and then to do it and get paid for it is, uh, is a real bonus, and then they're treated well too. That uh, for the most part, uh, they're uh, well paid. They get paid uh, like a thousand dollars a day. Um, at uh, you know, right when you get into the business, yeah. and uh, and from there, um, they can work uh, you know twenty days a week, a month if they if they like, and uh, that that's a lot of scratch. For, Have you- uh, for a young woman. Have you ever had a girl that, like, after, I don't know, a couple movies just decide she didn't want to do it anymore? Uh, Not too many of them. Most of them did it until the work dried up. And then... uh, And then they moved on. Or they just got bored with it. Um, Very few of them 
that I that I knew personally would get start into the movies and then quit right away. You know, sometimes they had bad experiences. Uh, you know, it, it's you never know when you're dealing with other people how they're going to react to uh, and and things. It's a pressure cooker when you're when you're on set. You know, everybody's on the clock. You know, we want to get. We've got uh, you know eight hours maybe to shoot three scenes, and if that sounds yeah. like a lot, it's not. You could easily spend eight hours doing one setup and uh, front end, and uh, so it's it's really jammed, and so sometimes uh, feelings get hurt. Uh, but uh, after a little bit of experience, the girls get. Either they get into the groove or they move on. You know, they decide it's not for them. Yeah. And and with it being a job, does it ever get to the point where it's just not fun anymore or just monotonous? Only, yeah, well, only what, to me, it's always interesting. Uh, the only time it's not fun, of course, is you're, you're, if I'm working with somebody who doesn't want to be there, doesn't want to put in the effort, and really would rather be someplace else and, uh, and just is basically lazy. And I've met a few girls that just, they just put forth no effort at all. They, they just, it's frustrating and difficult. And those are not my better days. Those are not the days that I remember. In fact, I've, forgotten most of them <laughs> i remember the days that were laughing and joking on the set and and when people see my movies they think well you know it looks pretty damn hardcore you know uh don't the girls uh mind uh you know don't they object to this kind of objectification and treatment and so forth i said no, the the good ones, the smart ones, know what the game is, and they know that they're entertainers. That's ultimately what we are, and we go on whether we're feeling good or we're feeling bad. We get on with the damn show, and and our job is to entertain the people at home. Do you guys and when you before you go on, like do you do you talk about yeah. what's going to happen? Like, does everybody know the game plan? Well, yeah, it is to to uh, some degree. Like with brand new girls, you can explain things to them, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to really understand. You don't know what they understand, mm. what 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 you're really getting through. I mean, when I'm talking to a a girl who's uh, 19 years old, and I'm explaining it, most will get it, but some will not, and they. They just don't know. You can talk about it, but you really have to get in there and do it. Mm-hmm. And and some girls um, just don't get it. You know, just like some people that you hire for a job just don't get it. Yeah. And you can explain it to them till you're blue in the face, and it doesn't do you any good. But fortunately, I'm happy to say that most girls uh, understand what it is it's almost pre I, I i it's like a joke that we have it's that they're pre-programmed for porn they <laughs> they they understand 
what the deal is. 19 years old. Mm. I know I wouldn't have been able to do it uh, right away as good as some of these girls can do it. Uh, they they get in there and they just seem to know what that their job is to please the guy and and ultimately by pleasing the guy it makes for a better scene and which is more entertaining to the customer uh, the the cash paying customers at home that are buying this stuff or and like i always say like you, that's, you're, that's you're, yeah who the arbitrator is or like i was saying like you're gonna go on a show you're gonna work with somebody look at what they've done like so you have an idea like we have people come on the show years ago that were just not they they, they didn't like the interview they 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 were just not happy with it yeah. and it's like you could have listened right. to anything we've done we have shows everywhere we have links everywhere but yeah, yeah. so well, yeah. So you know, you know, your job is to entertain the audience. Otherwise, nobody's going to be listening to you, right? And you're going to be out of a job. And you know, back to what you're doing before. I happen to enjoy my job. I like to rise to the occasion, rise to the challenge. I like to um, uh, pride myself on keeping my cool and explaining things. And it's difficult you know when you're trying to you know maintain your cool and you're not getting the cooperation that you'd hope you know you're not the gears aren't meshing you know you're not in sync and when you're not in sync it it can be a difficult day but you get through it and uh and you never quit and uh, you just don't quit no matter what um, and I'm proud to say that over the years uh, of the thousands of scenes that I've done, uh, we've only had a call at quits um, less than uh, uh, three or four times. I can't remember specifically, but it's about three or four. Whoa. And uh, it, we, it just didn't work out. So that's not, yeah. that's not bad batting average. No, no, not at all. I was going to ask you. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Max. I was going to ask, what do you do for fun when you're not working? What do you do to just kick back? Oh, I do. A, I do a lot of things. I, I I like to build things. I like to fabricate and make things. But cool. pure fun and enjoyment. I love going to see big sporting events, and I I love big concerts and uh, the big shows where they really put the money into uh into lighting and to presentation and um and to really make it um and they know what their job is they're there to entertain i saw the scorpions not long ago and and they, they, these guys just blew me away uh you know and good good performers will do that yeah and uh uh i i also um, play the guitar and, and do a little singing, but mainly I'm good at the guitar. And so it means, it means a lot to me. I, I really enjoy uh, a good concert or a good uh, show going down to see the Lakers, Dodgers, uh, soccer, you know, uh, anything is, it's fun. It's, it's just, it's great to be around with your friends, you know, and, and, you know, you're not going to be around forever. So you might as well have a good time while you, while you're here True. and then doing it. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, are things picking up again, like uh, out there with with sporting events and uh, concerts and all? I feel like stuff's starting to reopen. Yes, yeah, it's starting to it's starting to open up. Uh, the the we've graduated now. You can go to a sporting event and uh, Dodgers game, and if you have a, a vaccination card that they give you uh, when you're done with it, as uh, you can sit without a mask. Yes. Uh, you can you can go into a restaurant now without masks. Oh, it's been cool. a long cold winter, I'll tell you that. Oh, yeah. uh, for a lot of people, and um, and thankfully it's it's loosening its grip, and I knew it would. Uh, it has to, you know, we have to get through this, uh, but it's been tough for everybody and uh, my sympathies. Yeah, I was going to ask too if that affected the the adult film industry. uh, Oh, yeah. uh, There were some people still shooting, but I I pretty much shut down. I just shot a few times over the last year because uh, I was concerned about it. And also, we had... uh, uh, accepted rules that you would have to be tested within 48 hours of a uh, of a scene, and it was it was difficult for me where I am to get to the clinic and back and to get my results on time, and so um, it, it was it, it became difficult. And also, I was naturally I was concerned about my my own health and the health of. Uh, my fellow performers, you know, we've got, uh, uh, and, and crew, of course, uh, we've yeah. got, you know, f- five or six or seven people on set, uh, at any given time. And, uh, you don't know where everybody is and it's, it's, it's tough. Uh, but it's been a lot, uh, that being said, it's a lot tougher in, uh, many other places. So I don't mean to say, to come across like we had it very bad. I think we, you know, we got through this pretty well. Um, And uh, there's a lot of countries now. I've got friends in Brazil that are, it's just, it's really, really bad over there. And and I feel very sorry for them. And, uh, and hopefully we can get beyond this and, um, and and uh, and move forward, and I look forward to shooting uh, more uh, and having a great fun because every everyone is is di- every girl is different. Every girl is special, and and uh, you know we have to find that uh, that mutual. Uh, uh, level of respect where we're both pushing hard and I'm uh, making it good for her and she's making it easy for me. And uh, in that case, uh, we have a great, great days. And I've had many good days and great days, many, many more than I uh, could possibly have hoped for. That's awesome. That's awesome. Max, were you going to ask something? Yeah, I was actually curious. Um, earlier when Rob had asked to, um, when the girls like, do they quit often? And you had said that when the work dries up. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, right. So uh, there's there's a constant uh, demand for 
for new talent. You know, people want to see, it's like um, they want to see the next big thing, the next singer or the next dancer, or the, you know, the next performer on TV. Do you get your favorites? Some girls last a long time. Um, but most, they come in and it's kind of a mutual thing. The, the phone stops ringing as much because everybody in town has shot them out. They, they have an expression, you're shot out. Uh, and there's only a few cities here in America that shoot. There's there's L.A., of course, and there's Las Vegas, and then there's Miami area, generally speaking, you know, uh, these areas, not specifically the cities. And then you, then you can always go over to Prague or Budapest to shoot as well. Um, those are the two big cities over in Europe. Uh, in Barcelona's coming on strong as well, uh, but they, they it's 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 a two way street. They get shot by everybody who's going to shoot them. Usually, if they're good, they'll shoot many times. And a lot of girls. I mean, we're talking a lot of work here. We're talking about buying a home, uh, you know, with uh, with cash. Uh, uh, it's amazing how much money these a good girl can make, but also uh, the on the girls uh, from the girls' perspective, they get. I think some of them just get bored with it, and okay, I've done it. I've made my money. I can go to school. I can do this. I can do that. I have my car. I have my home, and then they move on and. Uh, that's what I was implying when uh, you have a limited life lifespan over here. Everybody does. The guys naturally hang on longer, but but, uh, it's all about the girls. Max, we have to wrap this up, dude. It's been such a a great time talking to you. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. Anytime. Absolutely. Where can everybody find you? They can, uh, yeah, thanks for asking and reminding me. Uh, my main website is max-hardcore.com, and that's the only official one. And on Twitter, I'm at maxhardcore100. Awesome, Max. Uh, when the show goes up and all, I will send you all the links to, to the interview, to the thanks. end of the show. Thanks very much. It was really uh, been an honor uh to be on your show, I wish you guys the best because uh, you certainly deserve it. You're doing a, uh, a a good service for not only the community, but when I say that, I mean the whole uh, the the whole country. Uh, you know, the whole world really, is, honestly, is listening to you, and uh, and I'm very very proud to be on your show. Thank you, my friend. Okay. Take care, Max. Okay, thank you. Bye bye. Bye. Take care. Have a good one. Hello. Hey, Serena. Sorry, sorry. Slim was in the restroom. It's all good. <laughs> and I don't know controls and stuff. I'm on the other side of the table. He, he's 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 the infamous guy that presses buttons and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, but we are live. Serena Shuba from That Bitch Podcast. How did you get the name That Bitch? Um. 
Well, I always tend to get called, I mean, a bitch by my friends, or mm. people always think I'm a bitch when they meet me at first. I mean, I can be a bitch, but I'm not always a bitch. But I'm just like, that's perfect, because I love to have, like, even to represent just saying that I'm a bitch. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I don't even care. I am what I am. <laughs> I, I embrace my bitchiness. <laughs> fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. And how long have you been doing your show, That Bitch Podcast? Uh, oh, God. It's been at least four months i think oh god i think i'm on like episode 23 now whoa you're, you're so yeah I think you're, it's been at least four or five months now you're, you're new and I, I knew that but you have some uh, amazing episodes you have some great oh, well, great <laughs> titles and like butt stuff and and all that and uh <laughs> i laughed so hard when you said your dad listened to the butt stuff episode oh my god he will still be like oh it's the butt stuff podcast i'm like yes dad the butt stuff podcast <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> does, does he bring it up every chance he gets Whenever I'm talking about I'm going to be about to go record my podcast, that's when he brings it up. <laughs> or if somebody else is talking about it, then he'll bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. What has been one of your favorite episodes so far? That I've done? Um, I think, honestly, probably the first one that I ever actually did. Because I explain, like, kind of why I am the way I am. How I became that bitch, I guess. That's kind of why it's my favorite but like most funny one oh my god i don't even know i have so many i think oh shit i've done 23 episodes now like trying to think back all the ones that i did i've talked about like a horrible date that i went on i've talked about like dick pics and shit that i received Uh, i was gonna say i I, that's what i like before i even knew that you did that as episode i was gonna ask if you get a lot of a lot of dick pics oh in the DMs God. because um so one of our friends, funny. one of our best friends, she she's a phone sex girl and she gets just ridiculous amounts. She won't even look at them. She'll tell the guys if you, if you pay me, I'll look at your dick pics. <laughs> That's right, That's or not. I should use that response. Yeah. <laughs> Make some money in the process that way. <laughs> you're you're hurting my eyes, so you gotta pay for it. <laughs> I heard you say though you got that like guy that was like, you want to see my twelve inch. And you were like, no, and then he sent us <laughs> 20 pictures of the 12-incher. Yes, and then I got a video of him sucking his dick, and it was oh, you got to suck. Great. <laughs> like, and I didn't even ask for it, and it was like, boom. I was like, what the fuck is this? It was so disgusting. I mean, he said he could do it. He wasn't lying, but it's like, I don't, nobody needs to see that. Did okay? you watch it through completion, or did you just like? After a second, be like, oh, no. I like fast forwarded it to like, okay, what's happening? I'm like, take the little button, <laughs> see all of it really fast because I was highly disturbed. All right, so the important question is, did he did he come in his own mouth? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, he like came on a mirror or her, or, and one was like his sink he came on to. I got like bunches of videos from him. He was fucking a sink. <laughs> he comes on a sink. <laughs> he was coming everywhere to say the least. <laughs> well, that's what you get. Welcome to the wonderful world of, of being a hot bitch. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> oh, the struggle is real sometimes, you know? Like, What do you think people- these. I'm curious. People just to... don't understand that it's 
not acceptable to just send a girl a random dick pic when it's not asked for. I, I feel like they're, you're, you're, they they still think they're going to wow you and you're going to be like, right. yeah, I got to come out there and I got to get that dick. Like, that's what yeah, the, that dumb so guy is thinking. I want to fuck you now because I got to see your disgusting penis. <laughs> like, no thank you. And see uh, you you suck it. Like, ugh. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Go bedazzle your dick. Maybe it'll look better, but probably not. <laughs> I wanted to ask you too. I got this clip. I got this clip just today. Have you, did you hear about the TikTok influencer that, um, she's catching a lot of backlash. She's like a makeup fucking TikToker, makeup, but. Makeup guru kind of thing? Yeah. Which, she, who's the, what's the name? Oh, I, I, I didn't even write it down. I, I recorded the clip of her video and I just called it TikTok cunt because she's an insufferable cunt. Sorry if Got that's <laughs> offensive. But, so she did this video of her dating, here of her dating advice, but she lost like influencers and stuff, which I. I don't feel she should lose influencers. I just feel like she's a bitch. She's she's not a bitch, but she she's a cunt. She's a cunt. Right. And uh, so I got the clip of her. If if, if you want to take a listen real quick. Okay. Uh, oh my god, what was her name? I, I, I don't know, Christoph something. I I don't know. But here's her clip. I do not accept a coffee or a walk as a possible date option, and neither should you. First of all, I'm not a dog that needs to be walked. Second, I have an espresso machine at home. Works fabulous. We're not doing drinks either. You're going to try to get me drunk and take me back home. No. We are doing dinner. You're going to pick me up. We're going to come to the restaurant. We're going to see your table manners. We're going to see what you order. We're going to see, do you hold your chopsticks correctly? We're just going to, you know, study you a bit. Okay. So dinner it is. I, I don't know if you heard her, Serena, but she Holy said, shit. Right? Like, she just wants that... Di- First of all, like, I feel as a, uh, a woman, a, a dinner date, if it goes wrong, is just the longest, most awkward right. piece of shit in the world. Like, am I right on that? Like... Yes. So- yeah, I went on one of those awkward dinner dates. Yeah. Oh. But her just saying, I'm going to study... <laughs> like, that's why I say she's oh, just a, a, a yeah. cunt, because I'm going to study you. I'm going to see if you hold your chops at correct who gives a shit who gives a shit but her saying what she wants on a date do, do you feel i don't feel she should lose uh, sponsors or, or get you know whatever I don't for think that she should lose anything but it, like i mean everybody has their own opinions on what they are looking for i want to do for the date like i understand the maybe not wanting to just go for drinks because they just want to give you alcohol to get you drunk whatever but i mean like going for a nice walk and getting coffee or something that's still a date like i, I would do that a, a coffee's probably a cool s- a scenario yeah. even get a couple drinks like i don't feel like yeah maybe a, a bunch of ton of guys are trying for that but i feel like you know not every guy is is trying to, for that you know maybe just a couple drinks maybe just see yeah. where the conversation goes whatever whatever like yeah no like so she just sounds like just buy me expensive dinners and all that uh, very stuck up and like yeah bougie is that cool. be the right word yeah or extra well, i don't know she's at that level <laughs> I, I i wanted to i wanted to get a, a woman's a female's perspective on it because that's how i felt like yeah, yeah. no she's just going for that like, on her saying like oh i'm gonna see how you hold your chopsticks like, like what does that, does that matter <laughs> i i, I <laughs> gotta i gotta throw it out there chopsticks. serena oh, i God. can't use chopsticks yeah, if that matters either. to you sorry <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'll grab the fork or the spork, whatever. <laughs> uh, I'm the guy that if you order chopsticks for me, I would have been like, yo, waiter, come back. Get me a fucking fork. Mm. Like, what yeah, is this shit? Yeah, I would shit? be the same way. <laughs> 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 right, go on, go on. <laughs> oh, shit. Shit. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I, I don't know about her, but I feel like 
she threw herself out there. Like, she put it all out there. Like, you know. You know if that's a girl you want or not. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, that's, that's just... And she's got to know by posting that on social media, especially TikTok, that she's going to get backlash no matter what. I mean, TikTok is a savage place nowadays. Yeah. So, it's kind of like a hit and miss. But, I mean, if you're going to... Uh, balls to the walls and say all that shit. She better be prepared to lose followers uh, and uh. get ready for people to bitch her out, basically. <laughs> so you think she's getting a lot of messages that say, want to take me out to dinner? Dick L- pic. Look at this. <laughs> look at this dinner dick. She's getting a lot of... You think, like, the guys are putting, like, a little croissant next yeah. to their dick or, and, or, and putting it on a or, plate? Or holding their dick with chopsticks. <laughs> Look at these chopstick skills. They're they're jerking off of chopsticks. Want to see my spring roll? I'll hold it for you. So, Serena, even going back to that real quick, do you get a, like, what's your preference in in a a pick? Is it cut or uncut? Oh, I prefer cut. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's just the way I am. I think it's because I was used to it when I had, like, my first serious boyfriend. He was circumcised. So then it was like, okay, this is good. I mean... I'm sorry, dicks are ugly. They just, they are. and But it's not as bad when they are yeah, cut. When they got that floppy, <laughs> floppy flip at the end of it. Like, it's a little rough. Like, like as, a, as, a, as a completely... <laughs> flappy doodle. I think that's the medical term is a flappy doodle for that thing at the end. I am uh, 100% straight, probably 99.9% straight. I can't watch a porn with an uncircumcised dick in it. It's gotta ah, be, it's yeah. gotta be cut. Yeah, it, I'll click right off of that. Mm-mm. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, I could agree with you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> and Serena, I did have, I did have this as a question. What is shuba diving? Oh God. Okay, so back in high school. I, first of all, I was like very innocent, not doing anything kind of person. I didn't even have sex until after I graduated high school, okay? But then okay. I became known as this little slut in high school, but I'm not one. Well, I wasn't one. <laughs> wasn't one then. <laughs> and I would just like hang out with lots of dudes and then make out with some of them. And then it became like this trend that it was shuba diving. So did you ever hear of wheeling way back when? It was like when you were seeing multiple people at the same time. Or people are trying to get you. I've never heard that term, but I... Okay, maybe that's a Canadian thing. I don't know. Could be. I was <laughs> thinking of wheelies, wheeling. the shoes with the wheels on the, on the, <laughs> on the back of them. <laughs> but they called it wheeling, but then they made it shuba diving at my high school. Because of your I name. was, like, seeing some guys, not dating or anything, but, like, hang out with them, make out with them, whatever. And then other ones would try to come get me, I guess, and try to, like, hang out, make out kind of thing. It was a big thing for, like, two years in high school, and then my little sister came into the high school, and then it was called Shuba Snorkeling because it was both of us, I guess. I don't know why they made it snorkeling, but oh, that's what they did. <laughs> I thought she was got... I don't know. I don't know. I, was, uh... <laughs> I thought she did a different trick or something. <laughs> no. <laughs> it just changed the name. I have no idea why. Oh, so your sister caught backlash just from you. Just from you. That's, oh. I think a little bit, but I don't think she overly cared at the time. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Have you ever gotten attacked in reviews, like on iTunes or anything like that? Um... I think I had like maybe one or two just saying, I don't, I forget what they had said. Nothing crazy, but I had somebody comment on my Instagram 
Um, I actually read the whole comment out on my one podcast. I love this person that. just went off saying that I was just a hoe or a whore or something, and that I just want guys to fuck me in the ass. Called me a cunt, and that saying I shouldn't have my friends on the podcast, and like all like a whole there's like two paragraphs long on on my picture on Instagram, and then it turns out that this girl was like knew the guy that I went on a date with that I had talked about for like two minutes about in my podcast that it didn't go well. And then I was like, oh, mutual friend. Okay, that would be why she went absolutely psycho on all my shit. Oh, gotcha. Guy, I love that too. Like, just like you mentioning that. Yeah, they're giving you 20, 25 minutes of material. Just alone. Just alone exactly. that kind of like, shit. Thank like, you. I love that kind of shit. I love a negative review because, yeah, we could we could use that. We could use that. Or, like, yeah, somebody attacking me on, on social media. But, oh, my God. But you also, you don't use their names. Every show, you have that disclaimer. I only use nicknames or uh, something like that referring to yeah. people. Yeah, I've never yeah, I've never used anybody's personal name. It's usually, like, a nickname or... Yes. Uh, what was the other thing that I had said? Oh, oh, a nickname or a code name. So kind of the same thing. I do yeah. have some nicknames for certain people that I have talked about on there, but those people that I have talked about have definitely listened to the podcast uh, because then I get blocked and deleted off everything. <sighs> and I'm totally okay with that. <laughs> so, so what we do is we just add an extra word in front of their full name. So like you put Hollywood in front of the name and nobody uh, knows who you're talking about. Yeah, you know? we still use their real name, but we threw <laughs> Hollywood in front of it. It's, so, that's a different guy. That's, that's, that's a Hollywood producer. That's not this local guy that lives around here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think most people who listen to my podcast are a lot of local to Regina. So if I said someone's name, they're going to know exactly who it is. <sighs> but I mean, if they know me personally, if you're listening, you're going to know exactly who it is. Because <laughs> <laughs> I make it kind of obvious. <laughs> so you got to move. You got to move, Serena. <laughs> yeah, I need to get the fuck out of Regina. That's for damn sure. Oh, my God. Shit. Where would you move if you had the chance? Um, I actually want to move to Toronto or Vancouver, but I mean, I would love to go live in like California, LA area, like West Hollywood area, but I'm Canadian. So I need to get a work visa. I'd be able to actually go live over there and work. Yeah, that's weird. So I want to do like acting and modeling and stuff like that, or like reality TV, all that kind of stuff. But here there's fuck all for that. So that's why I need to move. But COVID fucked everything up. Mm. So that's, that's just a long-term goal is to move and get the fuck out of here. But for now, I'm just chilling. I thought we were always, like, real close, us in Canada. But now I heard you need passports and, like, yeah, like, visas and stuff. Like, come on. We should just be, like, you, you can live here or there if you want. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, like, I could live there, but I couldn't work there. Mm. I need a visa. And if I live there, I can only be there for six months out of the year. Yeah. You'd be yeah. deported or something. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you married Slim. Just saying. Yeah, I got to marry an American. <laughs> do you be being in Canada? Do you know our buddy uh, Frankie McDonald? Oh yeah. Frankie McDonald. I have no idea. Wow. Where does that person live? He's Toronto. In, uh, so Scotia. Nova, Sco Nova Scotia. Scotia. He's in Nova oh, Scotia. Oh God, no. Oh, no. I don't know. Cindy, any, Nova I Scotia. I barely know anybody in like outside of Saskatchewan, honestly. Okay, where's where's Saskatchewan located? Because I know it's huge and all over the place. We are a dead center in the middle. Oh. Uh, like, you look at the map, we're right in the middle. I heard that's like hillbilly land up there. Um, 
Yes, kind of. <laughs> but also, this. like, Alberta's like that, too. And yeah. then it just gets disgusting when you go to Manitoba. So it's like... Where's the French really pot? Where's the, where's the French? Do you stay away from the French? Oh, the French are in Quebec. Nobody likes the French. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. If anybody if any Frenchies listen to this, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but you're all mean. <laughs> I'm French, Arena. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> My family was supposedly exiled from there back in, I don't know, some religious... The doings or something. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, my family. When like you travel somewhere, and if they if you say it, you're French, they don't like you. Like if you go to tropical places, you say you're Canadian, but don't say you're like from Quebec or anything. You're okay. But as soon as you say you're from Quebec, they're like total 360. They not liking you whatsoever because they know you're an asshole. So. <laughs> I heard you say, too, you got in trouble at a job for uh, just posting a bikini pic on Facebook. Like, yeah, that doesn't even sound legal. Like that doesn't even sound like something that would that work could tell you to do. I know. It was stupid. People are just searching my name up, I guess, on the Internet, and then they have to bring it to my supervisor's attention, and that's how I get in shit. I've gone in shit multiple times where I work for dress code when I'm wearing, like, a normal V-neck, like a T-shirt. But it's because they have a big chest, right? So they're bitches. like, oh, no, it's too revealing. How yeah. will fuck you? They're, like, they're hating. They're hating on you. They're drinking that haterade and eating hater, hater tots. Like, sorry I got a big chest, but <laughs> if somebody who has no titties can wear this and I'm wearing the exact same thing and it's too revealing, well, that sucks to be you. Like, yeah, I'm gonna that's wear their fault. Wear. You step it up if you can't look like this and this, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what you should say. That's what you straight up say. Straight. <laughs> I definitely get fired. Not to get fired. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta. You just gotta lay lay down the law. That's all they yes. understand. I need to move, get a new job somewhere, but till then, I cannot get fired. That uh, is my goal. <laughs> how often do you record your shows, Serena? Uh, I do it now twice a month. I used to do it every Thursday, but then I find it make better content when I give myself a break and time to process on what I should do for the episode. It's a lot of work. And it is a lot of fucking work doing a podcast and by yourself too when you're doing all the editing, all like you're promoting everything like that. It's a lot of fucking work. I didn't think it was going to be that much work until I started doing it and I was like, "Holy fuck." But I mean, I enjoy it. It's just a hobby. I wish I got paid to do it, but same. Yeah. Still same. then, it's a hobby. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I don't know if anybody ever gets to that point. I don't know. Well, there's so, so many podcasts that get people get paid to do it, but they're all like known big yeah, celebrities. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. You already or, have to have yeah. a set like uh, audience. You have to be like the Joe yeah. Rogan or Bill Burr. Like then you're gonna make some money. Or a, like a friend of Joe Rogan. Yeah, like, <laughs> Joe Rogan's little. <laughs> Cousin or something. Right. Little, little Joe Rogan. Maybe we should do that. Maybe we should just call ourselves Little Joe Rogan. Little Joe Rogan. Little L I L. And we'll just get a like a midget. We'll we'll get a midget oh, and we'll a, call a dwarf. Him. We'll get it's, a dwarf. I'm we're sorry. Gonna be sensitive. We'll get yeah. a dwarf and we'll name him Joe Rogan. So it'll be the little Joe Rogan experience. Maybe we'll call him Ro Jogan. Ro Jogan. Yeah. The the Ro Jogan experience. With Tiny Joe Rogan. <laughs> Tiny Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you guys find my podcast? Just I, Twitter? I, just Twitter. Um, Live and Bree show. I, we had them on a couple weeks ago. I was on their show and I saw they had had you on. And also Sam Namo uh, from Reckless Airwaves 
uh, radio ha- had interviewed you, and I saw that, and I was like, oh, you got to be cool, and you're cool. <laughs> you, your name's that bitch. You got to be cool bitch, so I'm going to have you on. I just figured by the people you'd been on with, you were going to be a cool, cool interview. Just Twitter. Well, I'm hoping that it's been a cool interview so far. <laughs> Fucking totally. Totes, as the, the younger people say, right? Totes malotes? I, I mean... Totes my goats. I think that's what I used to say. <laughs> oh, so I just I fucked up. I'm just old and used up and dried out. <laughs> that's the Robin Slim show. Used up and used dried up and out. Dried <laughs> I mean, I like some slang, but a lot of slang I can't fucking stand. Wow, like I what? Think... Like lit AF? I don't mind lit AF. Lit as like yeah, I use AF a lot. I do. I use AF. <laughs> but I use a lot I of things like... sarcastically. I used to not like lit, but now I'm like, if I want to do it sarcastically with something, then I will. Yeah. But the one I absolutely fucking hate is the word ratchet. Ah, ratchet see, is I'll, a fucking tool. It is not a person. It's a tool. I'll use it when it's something just so oh. fucking ratchet. Like, just the most oh, ratchet thing I've ever I could not stand that word. <laughs> oh, my God. It makes uh, me want to die. <laughs> I like to use Cray Cray and the Bray Bray. I, I think that's a cool one. And, like, I love when, like, my friends are like, I never want to hear you say that again. <laughs> like, then I know I've gotten on their last nerve and, like, they, I've just totally annoyed them. <laughs> Which word was it, sorry? Cray Cray and the Bray Bray. Oh, Cray Cray and the Bray. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I will throw some shit out like that just to be silly. Just to be silly. I'll at, say like Totes Cray. I don't mind that. Oh, oh totes I don't cray. like Bay. Like B A E. I, I fucking hate Bay. Bay. B A. Yes. Bae. Oh, that's. And I can't believe I still see that sometimes. Like, what? Oh, I hate fam. I hate when people say fam. Yeah. Like, oh, what's up, yeah, fam? What up, fam? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I like to bring I'll back. Say, I'll say fam jam to my family. That's about it. I like to bring back old slang. Like I'll be like, "What up, son?" Oh, yeah, like, I'll I bring like that. that old I shit like that, back. Yeah. Just bro, Just on, bro. <laughs> I like brovid nineteen. That's my fucking. Brovid nineteen. Yeah, that's what I call yeah, that. One. I coined that one. Brovid nineteen. Fuck yeah. yeah. I'll still. There was like that when it was like uh, that trending YouTube video. It was like, "Sir, dude, did you ever hear that one?" I don't think so. Oh my god, it was all over the place. It was, I think it was like, I think it might have been like some hicks actually. <laughs> yeah, something outside. So. And yeah, the one guy came around the corner and he's like, sir, dude. And I'm like, sir, dude. Like, back so and forth. Oh god, it was trending for a while, god, that one. God damn. Serena, we have to wrap this up, but it's been, it's been so delightful to talk to you. Even though. Thanks for having me on. No. I had a lot of fun. Fucking cool. Fucking cool. Where can everybody find you? On Instagram, it is that underscore bitch underscore podcast. My personal one is Serena Laternas, S-E-R-E-N-A-L-A-T-U-R-N-A-S. Twitter is that bish podcast. And Twitter myself is just Serena Shuba, S-H-U-B-A. So judging by the interview, who would you rather have a dick pic from, Rob or Slim? Oh, God. Neither. You don't want no dick pic. You're going to be getting like 21. 21. You'll be getting a self-suck from Slam. Yeah. He's yeah. got a big... I, I could. I think I could get like the tip. I'll try. Just just for you. <laughs> God damn it. Throw a little smiley face on it, okay? <laughs> Thanks for talking to us, Serena. Have a good one. You too. <laughs> Take care. Oh, We'll be back in a moment. 
in a mo. Is that what the kids say? Yes. And look, I, I got the time right this I time. I saw that. I saw it pop up. <laughs> you did good job, Slim. All right. Joey Only. Joey Only Caribou Weather Dude. Smoking the hookah there. Can you hear us, Joey? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. What's up, dude? Oh, uh, yeah. A hookah. <laughs> and then bong. <laughs> bong, hookah, same thing. Yeah, sure. I don't know. I, I don't Sheesh. smoke either, so. <laughs> How's it going? Is this who I'm talking to? Is this uh, Image? This is Rob and Rob uh, with the finger up and Slim and the Superman. You can't see our video? Let's see. Yeah, you should be able to see the video. I guess he just can't. Um, I think. No, I can't. I just see a, a picture. That's crazy. Oh, that's well, I okay. switched it. You might have to give it a second. Maybe it's just on a delay. But uh, that's okay. All right. What do you do, Joey? You, 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 everything I saw, it looks so super cool. You do, you do, you chase storms. You do a whole bunch of stuff up there. I saw you climb, climb mountains. Like you fought animals. Right. Like right. That's amazing stuff. Right now, I'm not doing a whole bunch of a lot, but uh. I've been uh, hanging out in clear water. Yeah, I fight animals sometimes. Why not? <laughs> it's uh, now this is a true story. Uh, I have a, I have a. There you are. This is a true story. I like fighting animals. I really do. It's part of this farm kid thing that I had in me still. Wow. And uh, then we moved out to the swamps of central Ontario, and it's like the bayou there, right? Snapping turtles and snakes and all kinds of stuff. And I was always messing around with everything i could find the swamp messing around with the animals and uh befriending moose and all kinds of weird shit i chase bears off and i've had that kind of life and uh living in bc has uh just been a, a step up of it really in some ways there's less small animals here am i lagging on you guys it's a little it sounds like there might be a delay because can you hear us there might be there's a little bit of a delay. Yeah, there feel, might be a delay. Joey. I'm not really sure why. Usually yeah, that's not an issue. It's weird. It's like you're in Europe. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Usually we don't have any. Let me try. Like I'm the gonna... old days when you'd call to Europe and you'd have to wait wait five seconds to talk to something. You know, you'd say something then. <laughs> yes. Did that fix anything? I tried to. Well, I just stopped the recording because we're recording in the other thing anyway. Any better? No. And then, uh, nope. <laughs> well, I can hear you now. Okay. And then, uh, then like being in my mom's out in the swamp, she had dial-up internet uh, to this day, right? And it's like you'd uh, read a page of your book and put in your name and password to your <laughs> Facebook, and then you'd read another page of your book. <laughs> Fucking dial-up, man. Uh, that was Things a, have come a long ways. It was rough times. Oh, my God. <laughs> What's the scariest animal you've been up against? Uh, you know, to be, to be honest, uh, farm animals tend to be... Um, like, I'll give you an example. Like, you can run into a 500 grizzly bears 
and not have one tear your face off. But uh, if you have one ornery bull on the farm and his kids and you want to like cross that pasture to get to somewhere else, you know, and you know that's a shortcut. So you have to like have rodeo clown sort of style where one kid starts to run across and then the bull turns and chases him. And then that's when you jump out and yell, hey, and then the bull starts chasing you. And then uh, eventually both of you make it. But the thing is that bull every time would try to kill you, right? Not like one in 500, like every time. Yes. Right? I, so I, you think about like you think about the wild animals and like what I, I tell people too here in BC is like uh, people being killed by a wild animal is actually a very, very rare thing. Um, you know, but what does happen is say this summer you might have 75 people drown in the rivers and lakes of British Columbia. Uh, you might have one or two people killed by lightning. Uh, you may have uh, wind breaking branches off trees kill three to five people. Uh, 100 to 200, 300 people who might freeze to death in the winter. We had, uh, I believe, close to 15 avalanche deaths in the uh, Rocky Mountains and in BC this year. Wow. Uh, the most dangerous thing you do when you work in the bush is you get in a vehicle and you start driving. Uh, and possibly you're the passenger, that's even worse because the lunatic beside you is like, right on, I get to drive a company F-350 and start speeding around the logging roads and uh, people not calling kilometers and doing, uh, oh. you know, the most dangerous thing in the bush is, is vehicles and the machinery you operate, right? So that rare time that someone gets killed by a bear, it becomes such an, a news-worthy event, but, but uh, really it's not. It's a, that's a really overblown thing. And, and there's so many misconceptions about animals and people don't live, I, I don't want to mean to say in harmony, but with uh, some sort of relationship with animals as if um, they are other beings. So it's yeah. like, I'll give you an example. Um, uh, you know, I like uh, back home at mom's house, we didn't uh, have deer hunting right around the house. And uh, I like the deer, so I'd often just chase them off. They want to be close to the house and like, no, get out of here. You know, and yeah. uh, animals annoy me. Some are jerks. I think uh, <laughs> I think that's in their nature to be very jerky. Uh, we have some classic jerks around here. Um, one known as the pack rat, which is just loves to get into your house. And if it gets into your place while you're gone, and then it starts to inhabit and nest. It will it'll start stealing your things, and then it will shit in your bed. Whoa. Uh, wow. Like, no, that sounds like a know, real a-hole. <laughs> and then when I, I'd be hiking, if I never liked hiking much and uh, doing canoe trips in, uh, in provincial parks and in national parks because the campsites are all pre-established, which is a good thing because it cuts down the amount of damage done to the wilderness but what that does is and everyone's worried about the bears when they go out there but then when you get to this this campsite that's been used for 20 years uh all the chipmunks and mice and squirrels are just sitting there waiting waiting for in snacks the, yeah, they, yeah they, they want some food it, you can't do anything to keep them out of your backpack in a, a wilderness <laughs> adventure if it's at a pre uh chosen campsite like that right and so that was like some of my my experiences but to be honest like uh, going back to the, the cattle thing, you're, uh, um, I was telling uh, John here one day that uh, when I was in Alberta, I was down in uh, southern Alberta, uh, pretty close to the U.S. border in an area called Twin Butte, and I started going for a long <laughs> walk out into the forest, and, um, and uh, sorry, um, 
Tell, <laughs> tell John you're recording. Tell him to stop being noisy. Uh, noisy. Go, John. Um, get out of here, John. Go away. Shoo. <laughs> it's okay. So, uh, I was went for this long walk, and I was out, in the, and then I got this sense that something was out there, like I wasn't quite alone, like, and, and maybe it was uh, birds or squirrels or something I heard, you know, chattering off in a certain area, and I was like, oh, who's over there? Uh, something's up. And so it was pretty open aspen forest, that forest. So I found kind of a shrubbier area, just kind of settled into it and got quiet for a minute and started looking. And I noticed that there was movement and things going off, but I couldn't quite see it yet. So I kept waiting. And of course, I'm thinking like, wait, maybe a grizzly bear is coming through. Like, maybe I'll just lay low and let them pass by or something. But then when I seen what it was, it was a, a giant, like 2,000 pound steer, like a bull. It was in someone's free-ranging farm area, right? And this bull was just out in the pasture. I was like, oh, my God. This is way worse than a grizzly bear. <laughs> so uh, I kind of sat tight and waited till he wasn't really paying attention my direction. But he knew I was there, too. Uh, he had his sort of ears up and was on the look. So then I kind of did a, a long sort of flanking action back to the edge of the tree line. And there was a fence line some distance away, a couple hundred yards, and I figured, well, if I can get to that fence line, I can get, get away from this guy. So I sort of waited to see. And then he came out uh, a couple hundred yards out in the forest at the, at the tree line as well. And he's, you know, so I start hoofing her. And I uh, get running and running and running. And he sees me. And he starts running and running and running. And he's getting closer and closer. But the fence is getting even closer. And then finally, the last second, I slid underneath it as if I was, like, you know, stealing second base or something yeah. right just woof. and uh, he was maybe 15 20 feet behind me and, <clears throat> and uh yeah you bastard and, <laughs> gotcha you know, you know this other time where uh I, I when i lived in vancouver for a while i'd leave my my i lived sort of in a, a basement that was uh of a nice house that so in my bathroom window i'd leave it open so the cat could come and go but over the course of a week or two, I'd noticed the scent of something like as if uh, a feral cat had been in my house and pissed in it or something. Yeah. You know, I just like, wait, my cat's fixed. Like, he's not, he's not spraying in my house. Yeah. So I started getting into my head at night to like, to like, you know, vary and stagger when I open, close the window and not leave it open all night and stuff and gotcha. when I'm gone. And uh, so this one night, I'm just working away and uh, I hear this. Uh, cat eating food voraciously and i thought that's not my cat he doesn't eat like that and i sort of sat back and looked and there's this great big fucking gray tabby looking you know street cat or something right didn't look like he, he was loved by anything he looked like a shitty cat and, uh, <laughs> so I, I go but what had happened was 20 minutes before that i'd been in the bathroom and I was taking a dump, and I looked over at the window being open, and I thought, well, I better close that, make sure uh, that cat can't get in the house tonight if there's a cat. Mm. I didn't know for sure. So what had happened was when that cat went to leave, the window was already closed. So he ran into that little bathroom and jumped up in the window, and he just fucking hit, his, hit himself so hard in the window. And I ran in behind me and, and behind him and closed the door behind me. And uh, there I am in this sort of narrow uh, space with him, and... And he sort of switched sides with me. He tried to go to the door, but it's closed now, too. So we're trapped in this bathroom. And I opened the window and said, get out. And he jumped up on the window ledge right there with me. But then right before he went out, he turned 
and then got on his haunches and he was like right at face level right friggin there right and he's like and i was just and i didn't it changed my expression or anything, but I remember in my brain going, holy shit. <laughs> this fucker's <laughs> angry. I'm about to get my face mangled by a cat. Like, I just, you know, it's so for all the cattle and all the bears and yeah. all the things I've done, you know, it's like sometimes it's the, the animals that are most used to humans that. Yeah. I thought you were going to say it was like a lynx in there or something. The like, like some wild cat in there. You know, like, uh, <laughs> Oh, no, just a giant feral city cat that I, I used to have an outdoor cat that yeah, I used to take was... care of and one night I went outside out in the backyard where her bowl and all was and I thought she was coming up for a bite bite to eat of cat food and it was a fucking skunk. I don't know how this skunk like <laughs> got got to eat in the cat food but the the skunk fucking didn't care. The skunk was eating it and I was what like I was like, oh, hey, buddy, how you doing? And once I realized it was a skunk, I, like, jumped and ran in the house. Like, I was freaked yeah. out. Freaked out. <laughs> they're quite uh, sociable and nice animals. But the thing is, once the, their thing, you know, yeah. it, once it happens, it happens. I've had a couple oh. skunk encounters that were, you know, you know, somewhere, like, I ended up being really close to them. And I was like, hello, you. And just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. sort of melt backwards you know, yeah, and, I'm just gonna go back here buddy <laughs> I was drunk at mom's house and she had this cat that always lived outside right and uh, we were playing Trivial Pursuit all night and I was beating her and she went to bed fine and just like maybe 15-20 years ago and she's so I'm sitting there drinking and then I hear this cat we had this uh, <clears throat> who was just this outside cat only and he'd, he'd I've seen him fought chase off black bears and foxes and all kinds of things like no my his dish was his dish everything but raccoons he would put up a fight with right and he made this like sort of awful noise outside and i was like what's going on and i like come outside and i see nothing and i i like, close my eyes and hold my breath and listen and i i detect something's underneath the car and uh then i hear it kind of some more and i i think it's this pork i thought it was this porcupine that we had living nearby we called charlie you know, and, I, and I'm drunk, and I grab this sew shovel that's there, and I'm like, Charlie, get out from underneath there. And I think he's chewing on a brake cable or something, right? And I start, and I'm pushing on this thing, and it's, I can feel it's resisting. It's not just leaving, you know? It's pushing back, and then I just, oh, you're not Charlie. It's, ooh, and it just, that poor car. And it, and mom's uh, best friend borrowed that car. It was planned to borrow that car three days later for like a week to drive. It. So you can have the skunk car. <laughs> you can keep it. I don't even want this fucking Sorry thing back. <laughs> yeah, no, Sorry. you're not Charlie. You're stinky. <laughs> wow. Joey, how did you connect with Frankie McDonald? I love that you did work with him. Um, well, long story short, so yeah, we have the show called The Comedorological Report, and that's comedy plus meteorology equals comedorology, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so to make a, a long story short, uh, the show is now airing on uh, three cities in Canada, uh, CKUW uh, in Winnipeg, CFUR in Prince George, and uh, CFRO uh, Radio in Vancouver. So that's very cool, and we're looking for more stations, of course. Yeah. Uh, how this comes about is, uh, first of all, I've had several uh, personas and reputations that people know. People know me as Joey Only, the outlaw country band singer who's uh, toured Canada relentlessly and does a Stomp and Tom Connors impersonation at 
casinos once in a while and uh you know but also in my my whole life i've been like frankie in terms of obsessed with weather and uh part of my touring i'd make sure to be in uh, alberta and saskatchewan and manitoba in june and july so that we could catch the big storms while on the road right and as you're driving across the prairie every day you're gonna you're gonna you know come across a lot of the the systems just because you're going from uh well today we're in regina and we're gonna drive to brandon manitoba that's uh 500 kilometers and somewhere between here is that storm line so we're gonna meet on so a great thing about being a touring musician is uh it does giving you into contact with all the elements across and all the people and all the places and you get to really know the country very well and its weather uh so um a great deal of my storm chasing back then was as was done in that manner uh when i was younger than that it was hobby as well right mm. yeah uh, at some point i decided to start this group called interior weather and wilderness watchers on facebook and uh, it's a BC-based group, and because the interior BC doesn't get a lot of regular coverage by television networks and affiliates, and as to what's going on in the interior, and it's often pretty interesting stuff here because it's you know it's a rugged country, right? Uh, so I started this group, and now it's ballooned up uh, to 6,300 people uh, years and years later, uh, who are following it, and our posts get shared all over the place. So I've become known as Joey the Weather Guy, but uh, so I've had these different personas that kind of mix and match. Uh, in the world and, and who, all my contacts i was a radio host for years in vancouver on cfro so it's really cool on mondays at uh, 10 30 my old show sound resistance uh, still going uh 11 years after i left uh the post wow. uh, it's on at 10 30 to noon and my new show is on at noon to one o'clock with frankie and uh yeah very cool cool at some point i just called frankie and said uh you know i'd like to do uh sort of a comedy weather show um, an equally bizarre and funny character as you are, and uh, I think we could make something work. Yeah, he said, I'm doing great right now. <laughs> <laughs> He's a fun, <laughs> funny dude. He's so much fun. We've had him on. I I can't tell you how many times. Yeah, like he's he's got to be like as far as guests go, the guest we've had on the most over the years. Yeah, and we definitely. have him on like every month. Well, uh, he's- He's in love with you guys, so, you know, he's always talking about it, right? It's mutual. It's totally, totally mutual. I really love him. We love him. Oh, man. That's great, though. Uh, and Joey, like... So it's becoming a thing. I'm sorry. What was that? I was just going to say it's becoming a thing. Like, we're getting more weather personalities and more comedians uh, giving their takes on the weather across Canada and things like that through the episodes, right? So each episode yeah. is a little bit... Yeah, it's going somewhere. I was thinking of doing a weather like it's a, gonna grow. I was thinking of starting like a extreme weather YouTube channel where I gave Slim like I would slip some acid in his beer and I would be like, "Bro, it's raining outside," and he would open the door and I would just be out there naked and I'd be laughing and he'd be screaming and running into the kitchen and that would just be it. That would be it. It was just it was like extreme weather, extreme oh weather pranks. I'll let you put the acid in my beer. <laughs> <laughs> I would be out there just helicoptering. And yeah, yeah, yeah. He would just not be down with it at all. <laughs> what do you, uh, you call a prank in BC? We call it a, a beautiful gift. <laughs> like, Thank you. Well, bonus. <laughs> Why have you done this for me? I'm so blessed. <laughs> it's about time, bro. <laughs> 
Oh, that's great. <laughs> well, what I, you, I also saw, though, Joey, I loved on your YouTube channel. I love seeing some of your songs. Like, you, you just do some awesome music, man. Well, we had this outlaw country band that uh, one incarnation of it, like, <clears throat> I've had lots of different sets of musicians over the years and in different parts of Canada, but some of those musicians, like Ken and Sunger, uh, a drummer who can, a multi-instrumental, uh, multi-instrumentalist, I think he's played 450 or 500 shows with me, right? And then, so once you've played uh, so many shows in the Joey Only show, I mean, I haven't been playing much for a bunch of years now, but I'm hoping to be back. My kids are getting older and and uh, I'm sober and I'm I'm really in an ass-kicking state right now. Cool. Um, so he like did, once you play 10 shows in the Outlaw Band, you're like a, a patch wearing member, like you're in. Ah. So which, what that means is, if I have a core group of musicians on the road, a bass player, a drummer, and maybe a, a fiddle player or another lead guitarist or a pedal steel player, or whatever, like whatever this core lineup is like, all right, we're taking this on the road. Well, wherever we might show up, we might come across these musicians who've played in many, the one of uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, well, maybe even 2000 different Joey only shows of some sorts that have happened in the, the 20, 25 years I've been out there. Right. So, uh, they can show up and play in the band anytime they want. What's what's happened is I've had just these ridiculous shows sometimes in the past where, uh, you know, 8, 10, 12, 15 play people on stage playing fiddle, piano, everything. Like, wow. So, uh, the that live, sounds awesome. The live show was really, the albums are cool, but the live show was really always what we were about, right? Yeah. That sounds playing amazing. Playing harder, longer, not taking set breaks. Out drinking everybody, out fighting everybody. Not really, but uh, you know, we were we were a unit. We worked together. Uh, we back in you know 15 years ago and whatnot. We would uh, fund our trips across because uh, back then you know you couldn't just get pot everywhere the way you can now in Canada. Uh, so being in BC where you get cheap pounds, we'd make sure if we're going out to the prairies to. And, and people knew, like, go to the Joe. Oh, they at their small town hotel. Like, oh, the outlaw band's coming. Uh, yeah, I, I could use a couple ounces. Uh, let's go to the show, you know. <laughs> to yes. get that cheap BC awesome bud. So, uh, you know, wow. mushrooms sometimes acid. Like uh. the outlaw band funded our trips back. You know, that's not maybe how I do things these days necessarily. But uh, yeah, I'm an older man with kids. Yeah, is it going to be yeah, hard? Is it going to be hard going back into music having become sober? Uh, that's one of the things I've been thinking about. Like, I haven't played music much even for, like, I've been playing my drums at home and stuff like that, but not really, like, working on my songs or anything for quite a while, like, the last number of years. Yeah. And so I sat down the other day to start playing for the first time, and I was just like, I couldn't even get through a song. I couldn't remember any of the lyrics. I was like, holy shit. And it made me realize, though, too, like, well, here's an opportunity to sort of, because all the songs I could easily remember were all those drinking songs that were, you know, we get the bars just going, like, yeah. you know, the ones with the most swearing and fastest country train beat, and where the bass player is just slamming, the, slapping at the hardest. Like, you know, those are really fun songs, but in some ways, uh, that I need to uh, make a show now that, that, uh, and I'm ready for it that a sitting audience can sit and watch, right? Yeah. I mean, I've been able to do that for a long time. It's just I could make money easily in the bars and, and uh, 
that was the game, right? The more beer you sell, so, you know, we knew that as a band. Like, if if we take a set break, everyone's going to go home in the bars, you know, and like, and so we'd play for three hours straight. Like, maybe I'd go take a leak, and uh, someone else would take over singing a song, and we just kept playing, right? And yeah. uh, the show never stopped. And that was one thing about the the old Outlaw band that that was pretty legendary in that way too. Is uh, we outplayed people. We played right to the last minute. Wow. And uh, sold so much beer that there was never a bar owner that was going to say, like, don't come back. Yeah, like, that's amazing, you know, though. That's that's at the same time, you, that's uh that's an acclamation. Like, that's that's a you, amazing credit. You could demand the money for our show because they were going to make some money. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome, Joey. Joey, we have to wrap this up, dude. But thank you. I appreciate you so much. And I appreciate you coming on. We do. It's, uh, um, it's because uh, my son is turning six today, and his birthday party ends uh, at seven, so that means uh, I have to call him in about ten minutes. Yeah, go get, go take care yeah. of that, dude. Absolutely, and happy birthday to him. And where can everybody find you? Oh well, the best thing to do right now is to uh, get on that YouTube and uh, subscribe and like uh, Joey Only Caribou Weather Dude. Uh, that's where we put the uploads of the the new the video version of the new show every week, every Friday. Uh, I also. Uh, put up all kinds of mountain videos and outside videos this week i filmed a thunderstorm that was pretty cool uh wildlife uh we hiked to the top of a small mountain uh on sunday made a video of that so joey only caribou weather dude's great if you do live in british columbia you can look up interior weather and wilderness watchers our facebook group there but uh it's really bc centric so um There you go, Joey Only, the Caribou Weather Dude. I need to get to 1,000 subscribers. That'd be super cool. That would be, I I, I am on the same, I'm on the same page. Absolutely, absolutely. We'll get there, Joey. Yeah. (laughs) Love you, dude. Thank you. Uh, I'd love to do it again sometime. You guys are beauties, buddies. As are you. you. Talk to you soon, Joey. Okay. Take it easy, but take it. Yeah. Yeah. Take it. All right. We'll be back next month at some point. And some's converting, some's doing things. Yeah, the I know some is so recording. So see you guys in like two weeks. <laughs> Y'all remember when I used to sign us out? Do it do it. Don't be a pussy. <laughs> God, I, I wish we could suck on each other. I want to suck on you too. I'm gonna suck you so hard. Suck me. C- can we do this? Are, are we allowed to do this? I don't care. I just want you. Fuck all of this. Let's just get the hell out of here and be whatever the fuck we want. That's evolution. That's progress. I want a family. Can we have a family? Yeah. I'm more alive than I've ever been. <laughs> this has been a Fat Moles Radio production. To hear more shows like this, go to soundcloud.com slash fatmolesradio. Hush your face is coming straight to your ears. A podcast network that's changing gears. Bringing fresh funky pods with a fresh funky beat. A family of pods that are bringing the heat. There ain't no stopping us. Keep coming back to us. Sick ass pods that'll make you hush. WWW. Hush your face. WWW. Hush your face. WWW. Hush your face.com.